Hello and welcome back to Users First. I'm Alessio Ferracuti, UX designer and podcast host at Users First, and this is a recorded message from the future. Yeah, you guessed it, that's right, I'm in 2022, and I just added this short audio in the episode because I want to let you know that the episode you're about to listen belongs to the old season of the podcast. However, if you want to listen to shorter, better audio quality podcasts and a way better intro, skip to the new area and start listening to the episodes that have the new graphics. A little bit about myself if you don't know anything, I began studying UX design in 2019. Starting out, believe me, it wasn't easy, and after a few months of studying, reading books and networking, grinding really hard, I landed my first role in UX and decided to open a podcast and a blog to share actually my own experiences so far and, and from the experts that I've been talking to as well. Man, since my first role I've been learning so much from the smartest people in the field and now I've been handling successfully my career and I want to help you too so I can teach you the ropes, become confident in UX, land the dreams role in tech that you've been dreaming about for all these years and my job is gonna be simply to inspire you and bring the most experienced guests on the podcast for you. If you want to build your network, improve your UX skills in a fun way and learn about job opportunities Join our Discord channel, it's free, and I post UX quizzes there, and even have giveaways for you, I mean, uh, for the winners of the podcast. We have leaderboards and levels for the people who engage the most, and, you know, when you are in the top of the leaderboard and win the quizzes, not only you are given a shout-out in my episodes to show you, like, my full appreciation, but you'll also receive gifts from me. And to the ones that reach the highest level, I will even be sharing the secret sources with you of my career and give you access to my personal UX playbook and the books that influenced me the most in my career. Please don't join in too many, or I will literally go broke if I send gifts to everybody. Nah, I'm just kidding. Go check it out for real. And you know, if you want to help me pay off my expenses for the podcast, you can join our Patreon channel. And or you know, if you don't want to join Patreon, you can even uh, offer me a, a cheap coffee every month. You can access all of these from my website. It's UsersFirstPodcast.com. Hey, enjoy my oldest episodes. Peace out now. Bye. Good morning, everyone. I'm your host, Alessio Ferracuti from alessiox.com. And today we'll be interviewing UX lead in uh, Edinburgh and in Scotland, uh, Jenny Jarkman, and talk about how she got into UX design with her multidisciplinary background. Jenny, con- uh, Jenny currently works as a UX lead for Sustainably. She's highly engaged in the UX and tech community as a mentor, facilitator, panel member, and also guest speaker. Jenny worked many years as a project manager and marketing consultant, and today we'll discover what led her to move into the user experience design field. Enjoy this episode with me and Jenny, and here we go. Welcome to the User's First Podcast by Alessio UX, where we interview user experience designers and many other digital experts who focus on building products and services that delight users. And what is the number one rule of every product or business? It's that users always come first. Welcome to the Users First Podcast, Jenny. 
Hi. <laughs> nice to be here, Alessio. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to have you here today. Uh, thank you again for joining us. How's how's the weather uh, where you're at right now? Um, it's not not too bad today. It's a little bit colder. Um, it's been really lovely. I built myself a little cabin on my balcony to enjoy uh, the sun, but uh, the wind's a wee bit nippy today. But I was still out there this morning with my book at uh, six o'clock. Wonderful! <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> this, this morning actually was pretty sunny and then it became cloudy all of a sudden I think we live pretty close so it shouldn't be too different yeah yeah it's, it's really nice first thing in the morning mm. yeah uh, l- last week was actually really hot but now it became um, really cold for, for no reason anyway it doesn't make any difference because we can't get out of the house so, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know uh, how are you currently coping with the uh, COVID-19 uh, are you working from home um, how, how's it how's it going for you so um, we're pretty used to it it's my uh, my husband and I run a business anyway together so we've got the office uh, we've got the studio set up downstairs with desk and everything in it just we can't be in it at the same time at the moment because we're like Batman and Bruce Wayne we're never seen in the same place at the same time um, so usually my parents come and look after uh, our three-year-old, but obviously that's not happening at the moment. So uh, mm. we can't do any any form of work at the same time. So it's reducing the amount of time that we can work. But mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. yeah, um, so, quite enjoying lockdown if it wasn't for the good. Uh, it's actually. Um... Yeah, it's, it, this is funny because most people are saying that they're actually working more from home right now. Uh, me as well, my, because I live by myself, right? I don't, I don't have family, I don't have kids, nobody. So, what am I gonna do in my spare time? I'm just gonna be working. <laughs> but you know, it, it's great to to have some distractions at home. Uh, are, are you working on um, any uh, projects right now? Have you found any uh, hobbies during the quarantine period? Hobbies, I've gone uh, all Marie Kondo. So um, having a three-year-old um, limits what you can do, really. So all of, all of these kind of uh, non-essential projects get kicked down the road. You just kick that can right down the road. Um, so I've been, uh, I've been Marie Kondoing where I can. And uh, actually, last night, I, I finished digitizing my CDs. Wow, oh, that, that's wonderful. It was like lap of honor. I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That project has been going on for months. I had two enormous boxes of CDs in the loft, and we brought them down. And what I've kind just of been CDs? Having, just like music CDs. Oh, just music. So you can only do like a couple a night, like because it's so slow. Do you know what I mean? So you can maybe do like ten a night or something. But I had two, like I mean, packing boxes full of CDs. So I just finished that the other night. So that's been uh, that's been a major achievement. <laughs> but uh, where do you keep them? Like the basement, in the living room? Uh, they've been in the attic, so uh, oh, so now attic. I've divided them into uh, ones that are going to uh, charity shops when the charity shops finally open again, hmm. and then I kept a, a bag of absolute classics that I that I hope my uh, three year old will root through when she's like thirteen, just as I went through my dad's uh, vinyls when I when I had those years. Oh yeah, so. wonderful! What kind of classic, like rock rock classics, or just? Uh, also like my musical taste is like extremely wide mm. <laughs> <laughs> really, really i've got a bit of everything love, i love music uh do you listen to music while you're working or yeah i do actually i've got uh we've got sonos rigged up all over the house so uh so i can stick stuff on and uh and have it on in the studio or or in the bedroom or up in the kitchen or the living room so um yeah yeah that's wonderful <laughs> me, me too like I, I listen to music all the time while i'm cooking while i'm working it's just 
it keeps me motivated. But lately, I've listened to music all day long, so I'm kind of getting dizzy. That's <laughs> because I'm because I'm home all day, like just you know, like, don't know that what else to do. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jenny, uh, tell us a bit about yourself. I got before you stepped into um, UX design. What were you doing? What's your professional background? How would you describe yourself? So um, I started my career in information design, which was very, very similar to UX before UX existed. So it was kind of UX on paper before UX existed. And I did that for um, for many years. And I absolutely loved the job. Um, but there wasn't any progression in the job. It was quite a specific job to the company that I was working for. Um, mm -hmm. So I decided to sidestep into project management and I did um, Waterfall, uh, Six Sigma and Agile before um, I realized I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I was doing other people's admin for them and, and there mm. wasn't anything creative in the role. I really missed doing something creative. So. Mm. Was it was it oh, like a, kind of a, a lot of a lot of meetings? A lot of you you had to lead a team as well, right? In product management. Yeah, it's like leading teams and planning, and you know, so it, it was just it was it was a lot of admin work, and um, and there just there wasn't really anything creative apart from the kind of problem solving side of it. Mm -hmm. But there wasn't anything creative, and I really missed that. And then um, all the jobs I was looking at, communications jobs, were were all marketing jobs. So um, so I moved up into marketing. And uh, very shortly after that, I met my husband, and uh, it was him that mentioned UX. So, uh, and I was actually describing to him the information design job and how much I loved it. Hmm. And um, he he was like, "You should do UX." And I was like, "What's that?" Oh. And uh, I started started googling it, and, and I was like, "Oh my god, totally! This is exactly <laughs> what I should be doing." And that that was kind of how that was born. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it reminds me of the story of uh, like everybody else, even for me, it happened just the same. Like someone said UX and I was like, what the hell is UX? And then I Googled it and then I just fell in love with it. <laughs> just like randomly, yeah. randomly knew of UX. Uh, did you, did you, did you ever hear of the word user experience design or, or UX before you actually met your husband? No, it was, it was literally the first uh, the first time I'd ever heard of it was when he mentioned it. I remember it vividly. We were out for dinner and I was telling him all about the information design job and he said, you should do UX. And I was like, what's that? And he mm. described it and I was like, oh my God, that sounds perfect. Mm. But yeah, that was literally the first time. I, th I think that was, I mean, it was, it's been going for years, but it was only around about then. It was starting to, companies were starting to catch on. What kind of year are we talking about? That was 2012. Okay, so not, not long ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not, not that long ago, but it was when companies were starting to cotton on to the fact that good user experience meant, you know, mm -hmm. good profits, and, basically. <laughs> and like, why uh, and why did you switch to UX design? Like, what what is it that motivated you to to make this career change? Why was UX design better than uh, marketing or product project management when you first looked at it after your husband mentioned it? Yeah, it's, it's really, it's that 50-50 logic creative split that you'll totally understand, I'm sure, that you're you're using the logic part of your brain, but you're also using the creative part of your brain. And my, my brain is like 50-50 down the middle, and, and I hadn't found any other roles, apart from the information design role, which was basically the same thing. Mm -hmm. I hadn't found any other roles that kind of utilised that and, and um, had the two halves of your brain working um, mm -hmm. in harmony, I feel like. 
I, I know exactly what you mean and and, and me too I'm, I'm the same like i can't be too creative otherwise i i might um mislead i might be misled by my creativity but uh, so i also have to be somehow uh, rational and i think user experience design is the perfect combination because you can still like do research and strategize and and so on and then you can still like prototype and be creative and come up with new things new colors and and uh, all your uh, graphic design background or whatever background you have with related to design finally comes out and is helping your rationality uh, make better decisions so i, yeah. I love that i think never doing the same thing um every day as well because i'm so used to working i worked in in projects for like 20 years you know like i've i've never gone into work and done the same thing every day so i think i think uh ux definitely you're just never doing the same thing so i mean it's always different no matter what you're doing it's always different i think i love that mm -hmm. well what kind of things uh, do you find different like for example the research is different uh, the software is different well, what is it that you find different on a daily basis it's everything. So the projects are different. So you'll use different techniques for different projects and you'll work with different teams in different ways. And no day is the same. So, I mean, even if you did, you know, the same tasks on two different projects, it's still completely different. So it's different material that you're working with, you have different people that you're researching. So, I mean, it's just, it's just different every day. It's mm -hmm. <laughs> Wonderful. And that's actually how you become more open-minded and you learn from others. Because, yeah, you, you acquired your knowledge, you know, from education and from your years of experience. But then when you actually talk to more software developers, to some more designers, to some more project uh, managers, that's that's when you have the opportunity to even increase your knowledge. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and what is it that you do exactly in, in uh, your company right now? Uh, you work in uh, sustainably, right? Yeah. 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 What, do, what is it that you do exactly there? Do you lead the uh, user experience design team? What type of projects uh, do you usually work on? So um, I've been um, wireframing the new website. So I, I did some user research on the old website and then we used that to inform the new website. So I've been wireframing that, which I then hand over to um, my husband actually, who is oh. creative director at Sustainably. So he, he'll then do all the UI work. Um, well, so, uh, oh, uh, service design blueprint. So I had to learn how to do service design blueprints oh. <laughs> and then put that together. Um, we're launching the app shortly, so we've been a web app, a responsive web app up until now, but we've just been passed in the uh, App Store and Google Play, so that'll be launching. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, so doing some testing on uh, on that. And then... And, uh, and what kind of, uh, you, you you know, when we were talking earlier uh, in private, you mentioned that you're using some software to do some uh, testings and uh, research. Can you, can you share yeah, some of that so with us? So the, the B2B research, um, so interviewing lots of people, so using Zoom and then you record the, the Zoom call and that splits it into um, the audio file and, and the video file. And then we've discovered this uh, great piece of software called otter.ai, otter as in the animal. And um, you you just you take the audio file from the Zoom call and drop it into Otter.ai and it will transcribe the whole thing for you. And it's even there is a free version, which I think you're allowed up to um, six hundred minutes a month uh, or three uploads. 
but it'll only give you up to 40 minutes of the call, but still that's a lot if you're just doing chats. Um, mm-hmm. Still, the, 600 the minutes is quite a bit. Yeah, the, the paid version is only £8 a month, though, which is just amazing. So mm-hmm. so that's my new, my new lucky find. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's very good to know, especially nowadays that everybody is at home. You know, we're in quarantine. Mm-hmm. We have to find new ways to to do research, and this is definitely a cheap way to do research and to make transcripts in an easy way. Mm-hmm. Because making transcripts uh, takes a long time, and this is very easy to do. Yeah, it's going to save me like days and days of work. Yeah, uh, which uh, and we don't have. You know, being a startup, we don't have the luxury of time <laughs> most of the time because we're so strapped for resource you have to find ways of doing things and uh, this is my new hacky hacky hack way of, of uh, <laughs> doing user text time <laughs> very good and, and uh, what kind of um, software are you going to be using for uh, user testing just user, um, well we, we we've been using usertesting.com which I'm a massive fan of now i think it's really great um we've been using that which uh, which has been good um but th- this way doing the zoom calls and then um and using otter.ai has been perfect as well mm-hmm. zoom is the way i dream it at night too <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, you know and, and if, anyone, if anyone's strapped for a budget i mean you can do this for free you know both zoom's free up to 40 minutes and otter.ai's free up to 40 minutes and free uploads mm-hmm. so you can easily do some testing for for very little money. Very very good. Um, myself for um for uh, research methods right now. I was um, interviewing last month and I was using uh, Microsoft Teams. Uh, Mm-hmm. But the only, you know, I didn't know. Then I was doing the transcript myself, right? I was, you know, taking notes of my my own interviews, and that would take me some time. But now I'll definitely look into this uh, author that AI. Uh, it, mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, the audience should too, because uh, transcripts take a long time, and saving on that it would just make a massive difference. So thanks for sharing that with <laughs> us, Jenny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I have a I have a question uh, related to my previous question about how you got into UX design. And um, there is many people that wonder nowadays, you know, um, I want to begin UX design, but I don't, I don't have the right background. Uh, I've, never, I've never done graphic design. Many people think that uh, UX design is related to graphic design, but we both know that it's not. And, and uh, you know, like you, did, you definitely did not have the background. You, you had another background. Um, so uh, what, who do you think can begin UX design? I think anyone who likes solving problems and likes to make things better, really, if you've got a curiosity about that, you want you want to improve things. I think I think you'd be suitable to do it. Um, if if you, I don't think you need any previous UX experience to. I, I just don't. I think I think as long as you've got that kind of mindset. Um, as we were saying earlier, I think that fifty fifty logic creative split. I think. If you say that, like I said that to you and you know exactly what I meant, if you say that to anybody who's suitable for UX, they will know what you mean because that's that's how they work. So if that's you, then then don't hesitate, give it a go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, feel, I feel exactly the same about this. Uh, for me, curiosity is is one of my uh, strongest, is my strongest skill because, because I'm so curious about everything, um, I, I can actually <laughs> do more research, I can uh, investigate more. So definitely that's a must skill. If you're a curious person and UX design is, um, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to begin UX design, then curiosity is something that you want to master. 
Yeah. Or you have to have. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you can master curiosity, but uh, yeah, I, th- I think you can. Yeah. Um, do you do you feel that uh, like your past experience, your past work experience as a project manager, as a marketing consultant, has made you a better UX designer nowadays? hundred uh, percent. I think um, I go with that Cheryl Sandberg uh, description of her career as like a jungle gym. I think that's kind of what mine has been like. Mm. It's just kind of doing a bit of uh, all sorts of things and it gives you a more kind of uh, rounded view of what you're looking at. Do you know what I mean? I mean certainly the project management experience comes in handy all the time um, and, and so does the marketing experience. So it's, it's all just building blocks to kind of build a bigger picture of what what you're looking at mm-hmm. um, definitely past experience helps. wonderful and what would you say it's your uh, like strong ability when designing or leading a project your strongest skill that you you have gained uh during these years of experience um i think it's like being flexible and um i'll, I'll give anything a go like anything a go and um that's certainly helpful when working for a startup because <laughs> <laughs> you wear many many hats <laughs> um and uh, and you have to pick things up quite quickly and, and run with them so i think it's probably that it's like i will give anything a go mm-hmm. and, and these are uh, flexibility is this something that you you have mastered over the years because not everybody is flexible and flexibility is not easy because uh, a lot of people tend to uh, tend to be defensive about their their opinion uh, or to give a try to different things is this something that you mastered over the years or is something that you you always had in your nature um i I think it's definitely been honed over the years definitely um working on projects especially as a I mean, I did a lot of years of information design before before I moved into project management and marketing, and and it's the same kind of role. You're like, you're taking your designs or ideas to other people, but you're taking them for a reason. You're taking them to get feedback, and do you know what I mean? You're not, you're not expecting to present the perfect design, and and if you are expecting that, then you're going to be sorely disappointed. <laughs> so you kind of had you have to grow a very thick skin quite early on because what you're doing is going out for feedback. So I suppose that that has been honed that kind of growing of the thick skin and getting rid of your ego and. And just uh, being able to present your designs as a kind of topic for discussion and as, you know, to drive out requirements, that's really what they're there for. You know, you're not expected to come with the perfect solution. You're supposed to be driving out the perfect solution. And part of that is, is getting criticism, criticism from other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, do, who do you get uh, criticism with, uh, from um, in, your, in your company usually for, for like the design um, type of things and research? Uh, who do you talk with? We, we kind of, uh, we're very, very collaborative, so we tend to, as much as we can, get everything up, well, when we're all in the same place <laughs> in past times, when you know, you're in an office, uh, you'd put things up on the wall and, and get the whole team around to look at it. So really, um, the more eyes, the better, I feel, with these kind of things, and definitely the more different perspectives. So you would definitely want, you know, your developers looking at it or your data people, or, you know get as many different perspectives as you can because mm-hmm. sometimes the um the best idea will come from the most unlikely place <laughs> yeah i find exactly uh, a few days ago i was reading the the book sprint um we, from uh, the aj aj smart um 
company team. And I don't know if you have ever read it. It's uh, the five five day design uh, sprint. It's a, it's a wonderful uh, book I suggested to uh, everybody who's listening to the podcast right now. Uh, basically, they, they, these are former uh, Google UX designer explains in a book uh, how he did. Well, I've read, I've read an article. Yeah, yes. yeah, I've read a short version of it. It mm-hmm. is a very informative. Uh, yeah. It is a very informative book, and there is some very, uh, I believe, like powerful and insightful and flexible uh, methods that can be used in a design sprint. Uh, on a five days design sprint and um it is pretty much related to what you were saying involving everybody involving uh different professions involving other designers involving software developers involving engineers a a little bit everyone to get that uh the the little thoughts from everybody that something might come up and you you don't know but it's going to be useful for sure yeah definitely great great uh do you also hire as sustainably uh, not at the moment because we have a startup budget, <laughs> but uh, yeah, hopefully in the future. Uh, but okay. yeah, not at the moment. Okay. Cool. <laughs> uh, well, how big how big is the design team at uh, Sustainably? Uh, the design team. Well, I, I work really closely with um, our chief product officer, um, who uh, who's also our co-founder. So we're kind of um, we're kind of the the UX guys, and then also my husband, who's the mm-hmm. UI designer, but has a very strong UX background. So mm-hmm. it's kind of the three of us. But everyone at Sustainably, um, we're very very lucky that the whole team is so focused on user experience. I don't have to sell user experience at all. I know I know other people work in organisations where um, they might have to justify themselves or sell it in, and and I just don't have to do that at all. Yeah. Um, everyone's absolutely on the same page. But there is also some. <laughs> Companies were <laughs> like I was in a meeting a, a couple of months ago, and there was a there was a software a senior software developer that was talking about uh, the problems in his companies, and and uh, he was saying that the user experience designers have a different floor from the software developers, and they've never met each other, so like Wonderful. they don't have any problems <laughs> at all, like no frictions because they don't see each other anyway. So <laughs> yeah, he he didn't know this poor guy didn't know what UX design was because. You know, different floors, different everything. That's yeah. So I, I know I know what you mean. It's nice when you have someone in your in your company that knows what you're doing, and they know that you're designing these or you're researching these for to make things better, not to make things things worse. <laughs> and you don't yeah, have. To I think it. I think it comes from the top. So we're we're also very lucky that our co-founders, um, Laurel and Isel, are one hundred percent bought into user experience as well. So. So it's it's coming right from the top and for exactly the right reasons as well. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, would you like to tell us a bit about the um, the UX design qualification that uh, you recently took? I, I know that you have lots of qualifications, so we're not going to get into all of those. <laughs> otherwise, we're never going to finish this podcast episode. But, <laughs> but I, I would like to talk a bit about the UX design qualification that you recently took because it's getting very popular um, at the moment. A lot of people are taking it, and I also took it myself, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, would you like to share with us what you uh, learned during the qualification, and also if you would suggest it to other people that are looking to start UX design right now? Um, the, the UXDI, um, UX Design Institute diploma is just an incredible course, as you'll know. Um, for anyone thinking about uh, 
doing UX design or as, as a career change or even just honing their skills if you're an experienced UXer who just wants that kind of validation of, of what you're doing I, I really wouldn't look past it I couldn't recommend it highly enough and I do frequently <laughs> as you know <laughs> um, you'll really learn like exactly how to do the job and you'll come out completely confident that you can do the job because you've actually done it so so the way as you know the way that the course works is that you follow the modules um and but you also do the job at the same time so you do all these practical um practical exercises as you work through which which uh culminates in a, a whole project and it follows the, the UX process chronologically. So the whole thing just totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you when you took the qualification, were you working as a project manager? Uh, I actually left my job to do it. So mm. um, and, and like after after you left the job, you had you know you you worked many years as a project manager. Um, because I remember in the course there was some some modules that are in chronological order according to what happens in companies. And did those expectations meet the same ones that you had while working as a project manager, so like research first, prototyping, and, and so on? Yeah. Same, mm-hmm. same yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely same. Like, I mean, they've they've got they've got it nailed, and they're they're such a good company, and they really listen to uh, their students, and they're they're honing it all the time to, mm-hmm. based on the feedback that they're getting. So, mm-hmm. eating, eating their own dog food this year. <laughs> <laughs> so they they do the research um, into the course, and then they make changes based on uh, what people are saying, what their students are needing. So mm-hmm. that's very good. Yeah. That's that's very UX. Yes. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, um, I had to ask you this question because lots of lots of the people that are going to be listening to this podcast are actually students at the UXDI or they want to get you, you, um, a UX design qualification. So yeah, I think it would be very beneficial for them to know that uh, the decision that they made is, is worth it. And, you know, the, the investment mm-hmm. they made is definitely worth it. And we're giving them some support and, you know, and some motivation. and to to keep on going wonderful yeah. um you know if, if during this period um a lot of people a lot of ux designers have been stuck at home some of them are um you know have left their job some of them are looking for a new job uh if you were a ux designer right now uh looking for work during this pandemic what would you do like how would you how would you look for a job um I think um, the first thing to do is really hone your personal brand if you haven't done already. So make sure that your LinkedIn is absolutely polished, like make sure it's polished. And then you can start thinking about um, like other things that you could do. So like reading that you could do um, just to make sure that, you know, you've got things to talk about and then um, look at your portfolio. Uh, make sure that's nice and polished. Um, just make good use of the time. And there, there are still meetups that are going on. So like the user, user experience Edinburgh meetups still still happening once a month on a Monday. I think it's the first Monday of, mm. of every month. That, that, that kind of thing is still happening. So have a look on Meetup for Eventbrite or these, these places. And there are still digital versions of these things going on. And try get yourself embedded in the community because that, that's really where you hear about jobs or contracts or, as you'll know, mm-hmm. you know, coming to UX Glasgow or, you know, on the UX Scotland Facebook group. Um, that, that's where you hear about opportunities. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. I, I completely agree on that. Um, 
even uh, even during the, the non-pandemic period, I'm always on uh, Meetup or social media, Twitter, um, LinkedIn most of the time. Um, <clears throat> also, also Slack, um, you know, I've mentioned in some other podcast episodes, um, Slack channels, they're, they're very... They're very popular for um, career, um, how do you say, for career job postings. There is some channels on purpose for career job postings. So there is there is a lot of uh, ways to to find a job. Don't be discouraged and follow uh, Jenny's advice. She's been many years in the industry and she she knows what she's talking about. So uh, <laughs> go, go get out there and, and look for a job. You, you can make it. Yes. Don't don't do nothing. Do something. So whatever you do is just another step. Do you know what I mean? So get on Medium and like, because you you've got a certain amount of articles for free. You no, know, this stuff doesn't have to cost you money. Get get on Medium and download some UX stuff and just have some. You know, just start immersing yourself in that kind of thing and getting some talking points so that when you do go along to these things, you know, you've got things to to speak about. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, I'm going to ask you something like a very cheesy and generic right now, uh, like like a motivational speaker type of question. What what's one habit that contributes to your success? Hey, hi. <laughs> um, I think uh, pushing myself out of my comfort zone um, more than anything else. I think I'll I'll attend as as you know like I. I do things all the time, like I did a diploma and then I've just finished the visual and UI design course, oh, yeah. which, uh, which I didn't have any experience of. And public speaking is probably probably a prime example. I know that's something that um, that not everybody wants to do, including me, like a couple of years ago. So I had to make myself do that. Um, but the results have been have been quite phenomenal, mm. actually. So, um, so I think, yeah, pushing pushing myself out of my comfort zone. <laughs> That's wonderful. And and what what would you suggest? I'm I'm like that too. By the same, I try to push myself uh, in the, the not comfort zone all the time. And like for you, what's what's the outcome? Like why would why would you do that? Like like what do you think you're going to achieve from getting to the not comfort zone? I think it's the, the the feeling of not having done something like that is so much worse than getting over the fear of doing it. So the disappointment in myself for not getting up and speaking was so much greater than than the actual fear of doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so I spent a year working on it um, in various different ways, which... Um, which I wrote an article about, actually, if anybody's interested, um, they can look it up on my medium. And it kind of chat, it, uh, charts my journey for the year uh, from from going from basically being terrified of public, so mm-hmm. not terrified, but kind of avoiding it if I could, mm-hmm. to actually actively and uh, seeking out opportunities and getting excited about it at the end. So. Uh, what's, what's the uh, medium uh, blog called? The, the article that you mentioned? Uh, it'll just be under my name. It's just under my name. Ah, okay. Uh, I will put it in the uh, in the in the link in the description of the podcast audio so the people can look it up. Yeah, I think I think I just called it how to, how I got over my fear of public speaking. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, I haven't read that. I will definitely go read it and I will put it in the description <laughs> of the video and audio so you can see what Janine uh, did to um, overcome her fear in public speaking. And that's wonderful, by the way. Um, I, I've been trying to do the same to uh, do public speaking, you know, like building a podcast and so on to to overcome my fear. And and uh, I really I really like the fact that you did that to 
overcome this fear. That's that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people should uh, should admire this uh, this behavior and and do something of themselves. You know, like you have you have you fear something. You should you should go against it. You shouldn't you shouldn't try to avoid it. Yeah, but don't. Um, I suppose don't think about it as a as a big thing. Think about it as the next small step. So I I think you'll you'll see in the article that I broke it down into. Um, into smaller steps. So what was the next thing that I could do? Do you know what I mean? That didn't seem like this big thing. Do you know what I mean? So you don't think, oh my God, I'll have to get up and speak in front of 200 people. You know, that's mm. not not the way to go about it. It's to kind of gradually break yourself in. Mm. You know? Uh, I, don't, I don't know how you have done it. Uh, I will go read the article, but the way I've done it, <laughs> it's just, I just started going to meetups and, and I started like bringing up conversation at meetups. And in the beginning, it was so uncomfortable. I used to get read like a tomato because I, you know, like there was like 20 people looking at me and who the hell is this guy? You know, like, and I'm just bringing up like uh, topics and, <laughs> and everybody looking at me. And I started doing that slowly and then getting more comfortable. And, and then finally I, I could speak like in front of like 20, 30 people without f- feeling embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, that's a great start. And it's, it's exactly that. The more you do it, the, the less, uh, the less frightening it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I love that. I love that. Um, you know, uh, if you had one recommendation for uh, one book, one uh, article, one uh, piece of content uh, that inspires you and motivates you, or just it's very insightful for uh, UX design, uh, what would you suggest to the listeners today? Um, I think I would pick, um, it's called The Mom Test. It's a book by a guy called Rob Fitzpatrick, which is not one that, well, it was on the the reading list for the course as you'll remember um it's such a small book it's so easy to read and it's just it's the nugget is just right there do you know what i mean it's just it's um and it's not it's not a viewpoint that you necessarily hear all the time but it kind of sums up ux design um it's just about how to ask questions basically it's how how to talk to your customers to get the information that you want Hmm. it's called the mom's test the mom test so it's like american mom like mom Mm-hmm. Mom test. So, because your mom can always get you something out. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, the premise is that if you if you ask your mom what she thinks of something, she's going to say, oh, "Of course, dear, that's wonderful," because you know she's your mom. Oh, so. Okay, okay, <laughs> that's right. That makes sense. Oh, that's that reminds me of all my interviews. In a certain way. Yeah, if, if you talk to customers in a certain way, that's that's what you that's information that you're going to get out of them, which it, which isn't helpful for for designing your product. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um, I've never read it, but uh, definitely will look into it. Uh, can you find it on um, like Amazon Kindle or something like that? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I would have ordered it off Amazon. So yeah, mm-hmm. wonderful. Uh, we'll definitely put in the uh, link of the podcast as well. Uh, you know, I would like to start uh, wrapping up, and uh, before we do, I would like to ask you what's one piece of advice that you would give to people who want to uh, begin UX design and what would it be and why? Um, I think it would be to get involved in the UX community. It's like, as you know, like it's such a great community and everybody will welcome you with open arms. And and I I got immersed in the community when I had no experience of UX really to speak of. Um, 
and I was I was welcomed with open arms. Like I went I went along to a UX Glasgow meetup with um, Bobby, as you know, um, that he runs that, and uh, everyone was great. And and it's been any UX meetup you go to is is exactly the same. Everyone's really welcoming. Mm-hmm. So get involved in that, and that'll really um, and you hear things, and you know people suggest books that you read, and like people will be talking about job contracts, and there's just it's just like one hundred percent the place to start. Mm-hmm. Were you were you also involved in the uh, project management community before you got into no, UX design? No, mm. not as much. No, not at all. Why? I actually hadn't networked at all until I took up UX. Oh. I think I had this idea of what I thought networking was, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I think there's a, there's a certain type of person who wants to do UX, and that means that the the community is lovely. So I think I think if you're not willing to uh, go that extra mile. Uh, then you haven't found your passion, and you know if you if mm-hmm. you did that with your exercise, that means that you really found something that you you really enjoyed. And and me too. Uh, you know when I was doing photography or graphic design, and I, I never really cared about going to networking and meeting people here and there. But since I started user experience design, I'm willing to go like ten extra miles for to you know to I go to Edinburgh and I'm in Glasgow, so you know I have to take the train one hour and a half or whatever it is and you know I'll, I'll go to meetings and and that's wonderful. I think that's when you know that you have a real passion for something or you found something that uh makes you happy. Yeah, I think it's like a calling and I, certainly that's how I feel since since I've started UX. And I, and I think there's so many other people in that are that do UX that feel the same. So it is quite. I mean, if you've ever been to UX, UX Scotland is like just such a such a brilliant three days. Yeah. Like I get like stupidly excited about it. So um, there was supposed to be an event in June. There was supposed to be an event. Yeah, that's it. I was going to go. Yeah. It was beers all day and speakers all day. It was just the dream. <laughs> but then, yeah. yeah, then unfortunately, these uh, these um, these times couldn't allow it. Mm. Yeah. Where, where are you going to so go? Say, yeah. To UX Scotland, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I go every year. It's great. So um, I, I would highly recommend that as well. Like it's so motivating. You come out on cloud nine. <laughs> 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 That's wonderful. I think they do that in every country. Uh, not every country, but like in a lot of places. I know in US they do it very often. Uh, there was a few events uh, like in Switzerland as well, where they do these uh, three-day uh, courses with many speakers and you know um, refreshments and uh, beers, and uh, it's very very enjoyable. If you have if you have a budget, uh, I think I think if you it would be very interesting to see. Did you did you learn a lot last time that you went? Uh, you learn loads. You come out flying. Like it's really great. It's such a good event, and um, and you'll meet lots of people, lots of like-minded people. It's just a really. Um, I couldn't recommend it highly enough. To be honest, it's mm-hmm. a great event. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like uh, three days full-time networking that you, maybe yeah. you could do like in two years. It took you like three days to do. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when there is alcohol, you network so much better. <laughs> that's that's yeah there's usually a, there's usually a few sore heads uh, on the, the second day morning <laughs> <laughs> okay the second day wow that's wonderful <laughs> that's wonderful uh, uh jenny if uh, our listeners wanted to get a hold of you um how how can they get uh, uh how can they get in touch with you 
I just uh, just drop me a note on LinkedIn. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Just drop me a message. No problem at all. I'll speak to you about anything. <laughs> okay, and um, I will put the link of Jenny uh, Jenny's LinkedIn in the uh, video or, or audio session of this episode. So um, <clears throat> thank you, thank you again, Jenny, for for coming to the podcast. You know, I was so excited to to have you here today. Uh, I really enjoy your enthusiasm. I really enjoy the work you do, uh, the public speaking. Um, Jenny was also doing some public speaking at the Product Tag uh, Edinburgh some time ago, which I wrote an article about. And if you're interested in uh, product management, that could be um, an interesting article for you to read. And I really hope that this episode uh, inspired you and motivated you to do better. And um, I hope that if you're a real emerging designer, uh, you know, you'll get out there, look for a job or start a qualification. Mm-hmm.